as a scientist, something that I've learned is that you kind of have to roll with the punches in a sense, because 99.9% of the time, whatever you put your hand to, it might not work. It might not come to fruition. But like the important thing is, is that you go back, you troubleshoot, you say, okay, what did I do? What can I learn from it? And how can I take that into my future to be better for whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish? Hello world and welcome to Her Royal Science. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Today, we'll be chatting with Emanuela Bassi, an undergraduate student at the University of Texas at Austin, currently completing her BSc in neuroscience with a minor in French. Emanuela is most famous for her role as the social media coordinator for Black and Neuro, a grassroots organization that fosters community and connection between Black neuroscientists around the world. She's also the president of BIPOC, because inquiry propels our curiosity, which aims to support and celebrate scientists of color. I'm thrilled to be chatting with Emanuela today about her ongoing research and her ongoing outreach projects, but let's start from the very beginning. Emanuela, what's your story? Where do I begin? I think I'll take a little trip back in time to the summer of 2019. So I had freshly graduated high school, um, was a bit on the fence on like what my major should be for college. And I was like, huh, I came across this um, program at Rice that was just like giving a high school graduates or people that were just in high school generally exposure to different fields of neuroscience. Um, and it was like a three day camp. And I was like, okay, I don't know like what'll come of this, but let's just go. And by the end of it, I kid you not, I was like, I have to study the brain. This is so cool. I got to dissect um, a cow's eye, got to see like what capsaicin tasted like and how like that deals with just like our sensory receptors on the tongue. And it was just such a myriad of just wonderful experiences all encompassed into that short three days. So I think that's where my love for neuroscience really blossomed um, and was birthed. And then going into college, I was like, okay, I want to be pre-med because the end ultimate goal is pursuing either an MD or an MT-PhD. Um, and I think at the beginning part of college, I was a bit like, I don't think I was as outgoing or as like, explorative as I am now, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, but I got my first try at research through um, a program called the Freshman Research Initiative at my university. Um, and... From there, the sky was just the limit, and I've been doing research ever since, which was super cool. Um, and something I really appreciated about just all the research experiences I had had, like I've had up until now, was just how supportive like everyone has been of me in regards to my PIs, other students I'd learned from. Um, so I started off doing lots of like electrophysiology data analysis um, for fMR1 knockout mice of autism, the mouse model of autism we were working with at the time. And then that summer, wow, what a time, because that was the first time I got to um, do machine learning and then behavior as well for the first time since the lab is a neurodevelopmental lab specifically focusing on autism and how different social deficits and behavioral deficits as a whole um, can arise as a result of any like genetic mutation or like knockouts of the gene. Um, so that summer of 2021, I got to do um, corner social, corner object assays, seeing if the mouse was attracted to either like a novel mouse in its corner or a novel object, mm. um, and then go subsequently help out with establishing the pipeline of behavior in our lab, which meant going from like the assays to then going through analysis through um, either a software called EthoVision or Deep Lab Cut, which is a Python-based software we're trying to get up and running. Um, I would say it was a really interesting time 
time because my PI is the kind of person that like really wants wanted us to be able to take something tangible away from our experiences. Mm-hmm. And as a scientist, something that I've learned is that you kind of have to roll with the punches in a sense because 99.9% of the time, whatever you put your hand to, it might not work. It might not come to fruition. Um, but like the important thing is, is that you go back, you troubleshoot, you say, okay, what did I do? What can I learn from it? And how can I take that into my future to be better for whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably one of the most valuable lessons I learned that summer. This past semester in the fall, I got to complete um, a portion of like my individual project. Mm-hmm. And that was super cool because seeing what you're doing in the physical come to life data wise, mm-hmm. that wasn't something like I'd gone through the entirety of doing. I'd always had like little like exposures and bits and tastes of like what it was like to produce a research project through different like summer research internships I'd done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was really cool to see it all come together in the course of that semester and then be able to present it at SFN in front of like loads of people which is incredibly wild um but very grateful to have gotten the opportunity to do so there's a lot that i want to ask you about the organizations that you're a part of because that's also another element to the the work that you do but before we do that i don't know if you feel comfortable talking about this but i also know that your faith is also really important to you can we talk about that the role that your faith plays in your everyday life and keeping you grounded and keeping you whole and filled yeah, of course. Oh, man, where do I begin? I just have to say it flat out. If it was not for God, I would not be where I am today. I remember like in every situation, everything that I end up going through in my life, he's always there. Yeah. I'm never by myself. I'm always equipped. And my name, Emanuela, means God with us. So like, even if I do feel alone in a place, like God is there. I'm never sent into a place without what I need. Um, so I would say my faith in religion has really kept me grounded because like when I think about like the way the world is now and things that are happening, it's so easy to just get lost in like the worriness, the worrisomeness of it, um, how things are happening left and right. And it's like, how do I just be me in this world when I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow? I don't know what the outcome will be tomorrow. Um, but being able to just like remain grounded here in college specifically. So I'm a part of an organization known as Cordonia. Um, which is basically Greek for like friendship, like fellowship. Mm. Um, and like, I didn't start going to like their services and stuff until like my sophomore year, because literally during COVID, I just like stayed inside and I was at home for a little bit. So it was just like myself and my family, like praying at home, listening to like YouTube sermons and just trying to like keep our faith balanced in that respect without physically being in a church. Um, because like, I don't think you have to physically be in a church to feel the presence of God, but that's a whole nother <laughs> topic for another day. Um, but like with coin, just having one, that accountability um, and that reference of what it means to live Christian life, because the way they live their lives, it still blows my mind to this day. Um, and just seeing the way that like they really live out their faith, um, honestly, unashamed for Christ is something that inspires me and just makes me like want to keep going further. Because like, of course, like things that you're never prepared for in life come your way. They can like catch you unawares, but it's like, OK, what am I going to hold on to now? Am I going to hold on to like the truth of Christ or am I going to let this situation like completely like overwhelm me and then like not allow me to be who I'm called to be, the vessel I'm called to be, to be able to fulfill like the will of God in my life? Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much the role. So it plays a pretty big role in my life. Think about every day, like when I wake up, just like how am I interacting with people? How am I taking on like this thing? Like, have I talked to God about it? Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to God like he's physically next to me sometimes. Like I'll just be like doing things and I'm like, God, man, like honestly, I don't know why I did that. Or, like how like I should have responded to that. But you know, it's okay. Yeah. Cause you see, and like, you're not blind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and something that like I carry with me like verse wise so I really love psalms a lot a lot a lot um and a psalm that like recently that I keep in my heart a lot well there's multiple Ooh, let's see if I could choose <laughs> hmm. let's see I think I would choose psalm 18 Oh, Psalm 46. Yeah, Psalm 46, verse 10, um, which says, like, be still and know that I am God. And then the beginning of it says that God is an ever-present refuge, like a place of refuge in time of trouble. Mm. Um, And that, like, keeps me grounded when I know, like, the storms of life have come my way. And I'm like, what do I do? Because I'm very much, sometimes my first line of defense and, like, my first reaction when things, like, go awry or, like, don't go, like, how... Um, I would have envisioned them to go, I can get anxious, I could get worried. Mm. But it's like, no, like, don't do that because God has already foreseen, or foreseen, ooh, English, um, foreseen, (laughs) (laughs) like, that event. And, like, it just, like, keeps me sane. Um, So, yeah, I'm just like, you know what? I'm here. I'm God's vessel. Use me how you need to. And I just, yeah, continually pray that, like, his will is being fulfilled in my life and, like, every endeavor I put my hand into. Um, But, yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I wasn't sure oh, how, how deep you wanted to go, but I, I know that it's something that's so important to you and you can see that light in your hmm. life in everything that you oh, do. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, no, Thank I think, so much. I think anyone, anyone <laughs> who meets you can attest to that. Um, one of the themes that I was picking up on was community in hmm. the, the group that you meet. And also I know family is really important to you as well. So I think that's the perfect segue to talk about the two really amazing organizations that I know you're a part of. We can start with BIN because I, I, I love seeing yes. the BIN team come together. I want to know what your experiences have been, especially as an undergraduate student, having this at your disposal. Yeah. You have Black and Neuro right at the beginning of your illustrious career. So yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, it's so wild because I remember like being on Twitter mm-hmm. one day and then my PI like sent me like, oh, like Black and Neuroscience is, a, is an organization like I think you should look into. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'd, be follow- I'd been following them for a while. Um, and then I remember seeing like a post about like a call for um, organizers, like join the team and stuff. At the time, I was serving as publicity officer for an organization known as UT Flow um, or UT First Year Leadership Organization and just doing like social media stuff for them, posting on our Insta, letting the kids know when we have meetings and stuff, little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, huh, I kind of want to continue doing publicity stuff because I was going into my sophomore year at the time taking things like OCHEM, genetics, stats. And I was like, um, I need a bit of a stress reliever in some way, shape or form. And for me at the time, I really liked using Canva, which is whoever made Canva, but God bless them because <laughs> they're, do- they're, doing, they're doing the Lord's work in just regards to like making things accessible for people. Um, but anyways, um, I wanted to make sure I still had a hand in the social media realm for a bit. So I applied, got an interview. I was so like, what the mess? Why did, who, who said yes to me? <laughs> Um, and then I remember interviewing with Cleona and being so nervous, but she was so sweet yeah. and like just so awesome. And I felt like they all, upon entering the team, they all took me under their wing. Mm-hmm. Having not even met them in person, I felt so connected to just the people they were and like how real and authentic they were. Mm-hmm. I'd be laughing so hard during meetings, like people were cracking jokes, sending memes, like doing, but like we're all here to get the job done, which is creating space for black excellence and the celebration of it in neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something that's been really awesome. And then also 
um, something that made me latch on to Ben was the fact that at my university, so the University of Texas at Austin is a predominantly white institution, it's a PWI. Mm-hmm. Um, and like walking around, I don't see a lot of people that look like me. And if I do, they're sometimes not students, either they're working in doing like professorship or like not doing professorship or just doing something outside of like the realm of education, Um, but they're working. Um, And it's just like, huh, it's hard to find people that look like you and that like can understand the black experience in academia Mm -hmm. um, and institutions. So like when I saw there's a whole organization of people that look like me that also study neuroscience, that also want to make sure that like neuroscience is accessible. I was like, why am I not a part of this? Why am I not here? Um, and I've been with them ever since. So Yeah. And you're also part of BIPOC, which I hadn't heard of until fairly yeah. recently. So please just tell me everything about it. Yeah. So BIPOC, we started up in May of 2021 and more officially fall 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an organization especially geared towards just creating research opportunities and like accessibility to research opportunities mm-hmm. um, for students on campus specifically that identify as either Black, Indigenous, or people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, because myself and the two under undergrads I posted it, posted it, founded it with, um, <laughs> um, Marissa Marquez and Samantha Jackson. Shout out to you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, we realized that like it's really hard finding research opportunities as an undergrad. Mm-hmm. One, either like you have to know someone or you have to have like a sibling that was that tells you, hey, make sure you like go to this professor or like go to this meeting or like join this org yeah. so you can get connected to the community in like certain respects. But no one just gives it to you like for free if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like it's not easily accessible um so we identify the need for that and then what we aim to do essentially um we have like group chats where we send out like resources like for our members and then we also hold like bi-weekly meetings that will either be centered on like personal statement and like resume workshops or like how did we get into research um and i think one of my favorite aspects of like just our organization in general is how we can pull from people that were like with us from before um in regards to people that are like doing things that we would have wanted to do or like we want to do like after finishing undergrad that were in our network so sometimes we'll have like a panel or we'll have like undergrads who are doing research speak and then we'll have like a post bag and then we'll have like a professor like maybe like at ut like and speak about like their experiences Mm -hmm. and how they got into research and then like phd student of course just having like representation um across the board Mm -hmm. um and i think students really enjoy that because it shows that one it is possible Mm -hmm. to have a career in research one and it is possible to like be able to do this alongside your studies and like your academics so yeah it's really just a space for people to get plugged in and connected and get information they otherwise wouldn't have gotten um if they like had to go ask someone or like seek it out from a professor or by any other means but Mm. Yeah, I love that you're a part of paying it forward so soon. You're still at the very Aww. beginning, or I have to say very beginning. You're closer to the beginning than the end of your career. <laughs> and you're already so conscious and aware that the the next generation and the, the kids coming up after you will need all the support that you've gotten and that I've gotten. And it's just about paying it forward and making it easier for the next batch. And I think that's beautiful. I do want to ask a question about your future. What excites you most about your future? Oh, man. Um, I think the thing that excites me most is that I'm getting to do what I want to do mm-hmm. and, like, do something I enjoy. Because yeah. um, I feel like in the past, like, when I've chosen, like, academic endeavors, like, sometimes it's, like, something I'm, like, tangentially, like, interested in. But, no, like, I genuinely enjoy, like, what I'm on my way to doing. And it's, like, wow, I get to, like, immerse myself in a whole new space, a whole new... Um, world essentially and just like 
see how I blossom and grow from there. Um, since like, I'm not like immediately like going like to med school and stuff. So just getting, knowing that the world is my oyster yeah. and then getting to just like grow and sharpen from there is so exciting. Um, and then the fact that like, I get to improve from my French. So that's super cool. <laughs> Let's talk about that. We haven't actually spoken about what you're going to be doing in between graduation and med school. <laughs> Let's dive right into that. What is your plan? Yeah, absolutely. So getting my degree from UT in T minus like, ooh, three months, yeah. um, which is pretty crazy. And right <laughs> after that, I'm going to start a master's program um, in cancer biology in France and then do that for two years. Um, and then after finishing that program, I plan on returning back to the U.S. and then applying for med school or like MD-PhD programs, still like teeter-tottering between that. Um, and then hopefully being on track to being either a pediatric neurologist or maternal fetal medicine doctor. So, yeah. And okay, I have a, a somewhat big question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could talk to the you that existed 10 years ago and tell her about all the things that you've accomplished. What do you think she would be most surprised to learn about you in 2023? Whoa. Yeah. Who was she? <laughs> she was a fifth grader <laughs> yeah. at Jenkins Elementary. Okay. But yeah, I think she'd be most surprised that like at how versatile who she is now is, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like I never would have imagined myself like in the spaces that I'm in today. Mm -hmm. And like I keep trickling back to language but like the, throughout the entirety of my life I was like okay like so my parents like growing up like they'd speak like English and Yoruba mm -hmm. to us but like I could never like reproduce a Yoruba so like I'm just was always just at the level of being able to like understand but not contribute to conversation mm -hmm. but for the fact that like realizing now that like languages are bridges to people and means of like connecting and like meeting people where they are and the fact that like I can communicate for the most part in something in a language that wasn't maternal to me. Yeah. That's so mind blowing. That's and it also <laughs> like it's so crazy because like having exposure to languages like at a young age mm -hmm. is such a cool thing that like I want to make sure is present like for my kids mm -hmm. and like their kids and stuff. Cause like that's the gift. After the gift of giving the gift of like um God, like the gospel like to one's kid, I feel like language, that's number two. That's <laughs> number two. Like, you're equipping your kid to basically be a world citizen. Mm. Who else, like, wouldn't like that, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, she'd be most surprised that, like, I can speak and communicate and that she's lived in a foreign country before. Like, what? Who, what do you mean? What do you mean? This is from one that, like, whose parents did not think she'd be able to drive. Like, parents tell me every day, like, we don't, we didn't think that you could, like, go from point A to point B on your own because you'd be scared of reversing. I'm like, what? Aww. You didn't tell me this. Yeah. But, like, look at this now. We, we can go from city to city. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she'd just be really surprised at how much like she's broken out of her shell, um, and just been so open to like opportunities and like things that like come across her path mm -hmm. intentionally. But Aww. yeah. All right. So are you ready for my final question of the day? Yeah, sure. It's, it's a bit of a big question as well. So might as well Ooh. go out strong, right? Who inspires you? Ooh, wow. There is definitely a myriad of people that inspire me. Um, I would have to start with my family, just seeing their ability to remain grounded in the face of anything and then simultaneously like remain connected no matter the distance and just be there for one another in every way, shape and form is something that just keeps me going and want, makes me want to make sure like I can be that kind of anchor within my family um, for the future. Um, and then more specifically, my siblings and my parents Mm -hmm. um on that front man my siblings 
they're the funniest people you'll ever meet. But yet, like, they continue to strive, achieve, surpass, like, any expectations and just, like, silence, like, their naysayers and everything. And I'm like, wow, like, I want to be like them when I grow up, even though two of them are younger than me and one of them is, like, older than me. Uh, but they're such cool people. Samoa, Miracle, Odudu. Um, love you guys, seriously. Um, but yeah, they're such incredible people. And then my parents also, like, so they came from Nigeria in the late 90s. Mm. And then the way they've, like, built up a life from themselves, apart from family, apart from connections, just from scratch, from the bottom. Mm. And then that inspires me to make sure I can give back to them one day and say thank you because they've invested so much into me and my siblings in total like there's four of us and there's not one day that passes where my parents are like okay are you guys okay are you guys doing good it's just incredible so i'm very grateful for the people they are and the people that like they've raised or the person they've raised me um into being because like i don't think i would be the way i am without them um ooh, and then segueing into another facet of those that inspire me my mentors i cannot like not mention my mentors like people like you dr marguerite matthews shout out to her uh my pi dr audrey brumbach my other pi all my past pi is going to name them um dr autumn ivy dr jaime dewan sand um and then my research educator dr suhan yang literally such great people that like every day every time every interaction i have with them i just think about how they are each reflections of who I want to be in the future and they're also pieces of the puzzle that make up and encompass who I am in this very moment yeah. just from like the various things like I've learned from them various exchanges we've had like I just think back I'm like wow I'm very not just lucky but I'm very blessed and grateful mm-hmm. to have been able to cross paths with people like that because finding people that are on your team and want to make sure you get to the finish line of like your life yeah. journey in regards to like career aspirations like everything that's so cool and so like unique to be able to say that one has um so i really appreciate them all like i wish i could give all of you hugs right now um i would say for the last leg of people that inspire me keep tying it back to language but like language learners oh man Mm. recently i met someone at the french language circle that i'm a part of that speaks three languages so french english and japanese Mm. um and then is currently trying to learn Spanish. And I'm like, how is your brain keeping all of this like compartmentalized <laughs> in, in check? Yeah. How are you getting the motivation to continue? How do you get past like fatigue of learning or like demotivation from learning? Oh, yeah. And that just like motivates me to keep going because I'm like, okay, I'm in the process of trying to master like my second language. Mm-hmm. But there's people out here with like five languages <laughs> under their belt. They're like, yeah, like I can speak like this and that. But I'm like, wow, that's so cool because that means that like, in certain spaces you're in, you're able to understand why people act the way they do, what makes them smile, what makes them laugh, what makes them cry. And you're able to like insert yourself into conversation in a way and just like see people for who they are. So that just constantly inspires me to just keep going. Like fingers crossed after I've quote unquote mastered French, whatever that means, <laughs> um, I want to go into learning either Spanish because Spanish is a very prevalent language here in Texas um, and in the U.S. as well. And also just in medicine. Mm-hmm. And then this is the ultimate goal, but Japanese, even though it's a language based on like characters. There's nothing that I put my mind to that God has not equipped me to be able to do. And like, if I could speak one language in this amount of time, why not try others? Even if I fail, at least I'll know phrases. But being able to just like cross worlds, yeah, yeah through the bridges that languages are is something that um, I want to be able to do more of in the future. 
Yeah. I think that's one of the main things that you'll be able to accomplish very quickly in your time in France. <laughs> I feel like within the first six months, you're going to be so beyond fluent, you won't even believe it yourself. <laughs> you'll just be like, who is this Fingers woman? Crossed. Who is she? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a wonderful experience for you. And I'm, on behalf of your mentors, I'm so honored that you would even consider me one of your mentors. On behalf of your mentors, I just want to say we pour into you because of how amazing you are at the start like you you alone are enough right and you're spectacular and we want to just be a small part of your journey into wherever you go next and we know that it's going to be amazing we just want to make sure that we can hold your hand if you ever need it to get to that point in time we adore you we appreciate you and we see you for exactly who you are and i just want to say thank you for chatting with me thank you for like welcoming me with such open arms and like something i forgot to touch on was like meeting you for the first time Mm -hmm. That, that's a core memory. Please know, that is a core memory. I remember we were, like, it was the diversity poster session at SFN this past year. Mm-hmm. And, like, we were walking around, and I think I was walking with Cleona. And then, like, I see you from across the room. I know. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is that who I think it is? And, like, I kind of, like, made another lap around um, the posters. And I was like, okay, like, I don't know if I have like, the courage to, like, walk up to you yet. And then afterwards, I think you were talking with Dr. Matthews. I was. Um, and then, like... I went up to you and you're like, do you know who I am? I was like, do I? Do I? It's so great. Oh, man. So I remember the brain observatory we got to go to yes. and just like see like various like facets of neuroscience art. Like, can you imagine stuff like that's in existence? Um, oh, man. That was oh, a day. So such a great day. It was. And then following up with the, the Black and Neurosocial, which was it was one of those things that you just, yeah, you carry with you beyond that mm. week, beyond that month. It's one of those just yeah. Yeah, beacons of light. If you're ever feeling down and you're like, wait, do I have people? Do I have someone? Mm. Like, yeah, I do have people. And it feels amazing. So thank you. I won't keep you any longer than necessary because I know you're a busy, busy woman. Thank you, Dr. Rashid. Oh, going to go like cry about this later because it's just so wholesome and sweet.